Well, good morning. Uh, during the week, I was speaking to a friend who works as a missionary in Paris. Uh, the particular part of the city that he works in, he was telling me, has about 300,000 people in it. And uh, along with his church, there's only one other one, to his knowledge, that serves that community. Uh, despite that, he was uh, emphasising to his church, he was telling me, the importance of them not becoming introverted, of circling the wagons, uh, but being outward-looking as far as the gospel is concerned. He saw that as being the key to a vibrant and a living church. He emphasised to, to his church that every single one of them is to look upon themselves as being a missionary, whether that's to their family, to their neighbourhood, uh, or to their friends. And that's such a relevant message, I think, for us uh, today as well, particularly during this unusual time when so many of us are isolated and we don't have the social contact that we normally would have. And we wonder how, at, at any rate, we can, we can be of any witness to Christ because we're not mixing with so many people. And I think it's because of that that this passage comes to us today uh, with such relevance because the Lord Jesus Christ is is talking to his disciples about the coming of the Holy Spirit who he has talked about before and talked about various dimensions of the work of the Spirit but here in this passage in particular he's talking about the Holy Spirit being the helper as far as being a witness for Christ is concerned. And that's why we read the last couple of verses, actually, of chapter 15 as well. They're kind of bridge verses. These verses say that when the, when the helper comes, he will witness for me. But then he says, and you must also witness for me. And of course, what we have to remember is that the way that the Holy Spirit witnesses is through the people in whom he lives. And that is the Christian church. People like you and me, if we're believers in the Lord Jesus, who have this tremendous blessing of having God through his spirit indwelling our lives. And his work through us is to be a witness for our Lord Jesus Christ. Now we see that emphasised in some other verses in scripture. Just before the ascension, after his resurrection in Acts chapter 1, when the Lord Jesus spoke to his disciples, he said to them, You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be witnesses unto the uttermost parts of the earth. So what I want to do is I've got a couple of words to try and just help organise our thoughts round about this subject. And the words are, first of all, uh, comfort, and then Clarity. So let me try and explain what I mean by that when we talk about comfort. That's really the first seven verses uh, of our chapter. You see, the Lord Jesus is talking to them here about uh, the danger of, of falling away. I've said all these things to you to keep you from falling away. And he's trying to encourage them. He's trying to comfort them uh, against this background and against this, this warning so, so what does this mean, falling away? Well, it's, it's falling away from their great task and obligation to be a witness for Christ. It's not talking about falling away from being a disciple, falling away from the salvation uh, that you have. Uh, now, there are two reasons why 
people might do this according to what the Lord Jesus says here. And the first one is opposition and and hostility. I mean, he talks about what is going to happen as far as uh, the disciples are concerned, how they're going to be put out of the synagogues, um, and they're going to be killed. And in fact, when, when people kill them, they'll think that they're, they're doing a service to God, which was exactly, by the way, the case as far as Saul of Tarsus was concerned. He was full of zeal for the law, and that led him um, to imprisoning and murdering uh, members uh, of the early church. And he says, this is what's going to happen to you. Um, I want to warn you about that so that that won't come as a surprise. And um, you're not to be discouraged and you're not to allow that to dissuade you or to prevent you or to restrict you from being a witness for me, even although these are the the consequences. And um, I was down in Oxford uh, last week and we did one of these open tour bus uh, trips and it took us part, uh, past a, an area in the centre of the city uh, where they pointed out where bishops um, Ridley and Latimer were murdered, burned um, at the stake uh, for their faith in Christ and how despite what was happening to them um, Hugh Latimer said to his friend be of good cheer and uh, play the man Master Ridley for today by God's grace we will light such a candle in England that will never uh, be put out despite the consequences and the difficulties they did not fall away from being a witness to the Lord Jesus now maybe you find yourself in a difficult situation and to some extent all of us uh, do uh, there's so much opposition uh, as far as the, the truth of the Bible is concerned, as far as the teaching of God as the creator in the face of evolution, the whole issues regarding abortion and the gender question. So many issues that Christians are told they're on the wrong side of the argument, they're on the wrong side of history. And the great uh, temptation is just to keep quiet and keep your head down above the parapet uh, don't fall away is the message of the Lord Jesus Christ. Stand up and, and be counted. Um, the second reason is not intimidation or difficulty. The second reason is preoccupation. You know, sorrow has filled your heart, he says to them in verse number six. Um, the news that Christ is going to be leaving them is, has devastated them. And, and this is the night of his betrayal in which he's saying these words. And this overwhelming thing has so gripped them that, as Jesus says here, they haven't even asked him where he's going. He said he's going away. Now, in an earlier chapter, Thomas kind of skirted round about that, but never actually did he ask the question, neither did any of them, and, and where is it you're going anyway? Because they have been so engrossed and preoccupied with their own sense of loss. And they never got to that point. And they certainly are not going to be effective as witnesses if they're preoccupied with their own problems and their own difficulties. Now, again, that is a very real phenomenon, isn't it, for all of us? The danger of, of introspection and of preoccupation uh, with ourselves and with our own problems. 
And so Jesus warns them about that. And he says, you know, don't fall away from your great task, your great commission of being a witness for me. Let, let me comfort you in your difficulties. Let me remind you that I'm going to send the helper, the comforter to you. He will help you and it will be to your advantage and he will be with you always. And he is going to witness for me and he'll do that through you. And of course, for us, that is already the case. Christians indwelt by God's God's spirit. So he now goes on to the second word and he he goes on to to clarify, to give clarity um, to the work that the helper, the Holy Spirit, is going to do through them. Let's just look at some of the things that are said here. First of all, from verse number eight, he says he will convict the world. And uh, he he convicts the world about several things. So what does this mean then? He will convict uh, the world. Now, you could could use the word um, convince as an alternative here. He will convince, he will will persuade uh, the world. Uh, The NIV puts it like this. He will prove the world to be in the wrong. So the Holy Spirit's work, as he clarifies this, is to come and to convince people, uh, to prove to them, to persuade the people of the truth, on the one hand, of the gospel, and secondly, of the error and deception of the world's view of Christ. You might remember Paul wrote like this when he um, said this to the Thessalonians in 1 Thessalonians 1. He said, you know, when, when our message came to you, it didn't come just in word only. It came in power, it came in the Holy Spirit, and it came in much conviction. They were really fully persuaded uh, at a fundamental level of the truth of what Paul's message conveyed. And so the Holy Spirit's work is to bring home the message, and often uh, with an emotional impact. So, for instance, you you get that in Acts chapter 2 when when Peter preaches on the day of Pentecost. And such is the power of that message on the very day that the Holy Spirit is given that the people eventually are cut to the heart and they say, well, well, what should we do? Or you go on to Acts 24 when when Paul is speaking before the governor Felix who, who trembles as he listens to the words that Paul says. But... You know, conviction is not always the same as conversion. Because in Felix's case, he was not fully persuaded. He did not follow through on what he heard, even although he trembled at the word and it alarmed him. He said, I'll hear you again. He put it off. Some more convenient day, I'll listen to you uh, about this. And I certainly have known people who at times have been burdened and upset and have been concerned about their spiritual state and position before God after they've listened to the gospel. But eventually they've made a decision to walk away and it never, they never did come to faith in the Lord Jesus. That is a, a, a salutary lesson that, yes, there can be conviction. It doesn't always follow 
to conversion. So let's let's look at the, the various things that the helper will convince people about. So first of all, from verse number 9, it says that he will convict concerning sin. Now, most people don't uh, admit to being guilty of sin. Most people will talk about failures. They'll talk about shortcomings. They might even talk about their addictions. But it's unusual for people to refer to themselves as sinners. But God's Spirit will convince them of this. He does that. It's his, it's his work. Um, and this is one of the great messages, actually, that comes from our passage. That rather than us feeling that we're, we're failures, that we don't have the ability, that we, we're not doing a great job at witnesses, it is to remember that it's God's Spirit through us who is doing this work. And so, for instance, you'll get Paul saying that in 1 Corinthians 15. He's talking about the work that both himself and the other apostles were involved in. He says, and I worked harder than all of them, yet it wasn't me, but it was it was the grace of God that was working within me. And that, that is a great reassurance to us as we think of being resident with, with God's Spirit. I want you to notice in this particular category here that it's a singular word that's been talked about. It is sin rather than sins. And, it, and of course, that is emphasising that it is a, a, a root problem. You know, it's not that um, I have sin. It is I am a sinner. You know, I, ha- I have this disease. I have this problem. And all humanity has that problem. And the Spirit will, will convince people uh, of this that we fall short of God's standard, that we have broken his laws, or, as it emphasises here in verse 9, concerning sin because they do not believe in me. And fundamentally, at the heart of it all, as far as sin is concerned, the issue is an issue of unbelief, of lack of belief, lack of faith, in the information that is imparted in the Bible about God and about the Lord Jesus Christ, his Son, and also at the level of commitment and trust and confidence in him. That really fundamentally is what sin is, lack of faith. I think when we look at these categories here, as far as the clarity of what the Spirit does, it really does help us to understand what the essentials of witnessing are. In this case, there is a problem, the problem of unbelief, and that needs to be identified uh, identified for people. Uh, the second one that we have is, in verse 10, he will convict the world of righteousness because I go to the Father. He will convince people about their their faulty view of Jesus. They thought that he was wrong. People still think the message of the Bible is, is wrong. It's all wrong. In contrast, they feel that they are right. And in many cases, particularly as Jesus highlighted in his lifetime, that self-righteousness was such a pervasive thing, particularly among the religious people. But But God has vindicated the message of Christ and he has proved it to be right 
And he has done that and shown that to be true by raising him from the dead. You know, this phrase, because I go to the Father, you know, encompasses the death, the burial, the resurrection, the ascension of Christ. All of that is there. And, 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 and there is God's vindication that, that everything that Christ said was absolutely right. And the message of the cross conveying the love of Christ and also the wonderful message of pardon and forgiveness of sin is, is shown to be true. The third area in which he, he, he witnesses and is clarified is that he convicts of judgment. Uh, verse number 11 because the ruler of this world is judged people who are in rebellion and unbelief against God who, who, who stand in judgment over the gospel should take note of, of Satan's defeat at the cross the cross is God's and Christ's greatest triumph and it's the greatest glory. It reveals God in all his fullness, in his love, uh, as he gives his son, and in his judgment of what is, what is wrong, his, his justice. And we also see in the resurrection, of course, that, that death is defeated. Furthermore, these people uh, should fear the Lord who has the power to judge and condemn. I mean, if we went to, back to Felix and, and what Paul spoke to him about in Acts 24, he reasoned about, about judgment. And, and that was part of the reason why, why Felix trembled uh, before the, the teaching of Paul. Um, we must remember what our Lord Jesus said. He said, you know, don't fear men who can only kill the body. Uh, you should fear God who is able to cast both body and soul uh, into into hell. Um, there is a day of judgment, um, a day that God has appointed, and uh, that will be done by the, the man he has appointed, who is our Lord Jesus Christ, who will be the judge of all the earth. And through the people that he indwells, uh, the helper, brings this message of, of conviction and persuasion as part of his witness of Christ. There is just one final point uh, I'd like to make, and it's this. Um, the helper is never going to call attention uh, to himself. He is not the message. He doesn't stand in the limelight. In fact, he turns the spotlight Onto Christ. Verse 13. He will not speak on his own authority. Verse 14. He will glorify me. And so the function of God's Spirit is to reveal the beauty and the importance and the glory and the greatness of the Lord Jesus as the wonderful Saviour of sinners, the, the friend of sinners, the great example. Of, of the love of God. Once, like uh, the people in Isaiah 53, we saw no beauty in him that we should desire him. Or like the people in Nazareth where he was brought up, who's this? Is this not just Joseph's son? And they were offended at his teaching. 
but but now because of the witness the testimony of god's spirit in our hearts we now say that that christ to us is is precious he is our lord and our god that he is the fairest of of 10000 that he's god over all blessed forever like like thomas eventually we bow before him and we say my lord and my god we we have realized because the spirit has witnessed to our heart something about the importance and the identity of our lord jesus christ and as we witness we we should be like that too we don't preach ourselves as it says in second corinthians 4 but we preach christ jesus the lord you know we don't promote ourselves it's not a self promotional exercise look at me it's all about pointing just as John the Baptist did when he said, look, behold the Lamb of God that bears away the sin of the world. And by the way, let's not make the mistake, as as can often be done, of overemphasizing the work of the Holy Spirit. That would grieve him. He will always point to Christ. I hope that gives clarity to what the teaching is here. Now, just in closing... These are the lessons that uh, we have learned about God's Spirit as the witness to the world. And the great point is that he does that through those uh, whom, he indwell, uh, whom he indwells. Despite all our difficulties, he will help us to be a witness. And we, can, we, we, we are not to fall away from this. And we are to do this with a clear understanding of what is involved. That's the comfort and that's the clarity. Now, just to get back to my friend uh, from Paris, uh, he'd suggested some reading for me and the book had an unusual title. Uh, It was called uh, An Autopsy of a Deceased Church. Um, The writer had uh, been involved with about 14 churches that had declined and eventually died off and the doors had been closed and he had identified certain characteristics that were common to all of them. Uh, And one of them was that they all became inward-looking. They lost their outward look as far as seeing themselves and being active in being witnesses for the Lord Jesus Christ. Now again, at this difficult time, you know, every one of us needs just to be reminded of this fact again. If ever there was a time, to be honest, when our friends and our neighbours and our families needed the witness of the gospel through us, it, it, it is now, but it's done by God's Spirit. Let me remind you in closing of the words at the end of chapter 15. He will be a witness and you also must bear witness. Now shall we pray. Lord, thank you for the great encouragement of this passage, of knowing that the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God himself, has been sent to live within those who have faith in Christ, and that he empowers and helps us to be a witness for Christ in the way that we've looked at through this passage today. And so we pray for all of us during this difficult time, Help us to gain encouragement from this, that we can witness for Christ in his power. And help us to be outward looking, how easy it is for us to be taken up with our own things. 
Help us to look out on a world and we pray for our world. We pray for our community, uh, many of whom are living with, with very little hope and are struggling and uh, don't understand the light of the gospel. Uh, Lord, help us to uh, share that and to be sensitive to opportunities that are uh, presented to us as we ask in Jesus' name. Amen.